Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the Bibliophiles. Hello there, fellow Bibliophiles. Sally, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing just fine. How are you this week, Dr. Kent? Well, I'm feeling a little uh, uh, bibliophilic this week. Um, I love my books. Uh, I love being stacked up in them, covered in them. I sleep in them. Uh, And this show is great because we get to be uh, drowning in books uh, with a whole bunch of our guests. It's very, very exciting. I was really, really especially excited when we uh, decided to choose our category this week, ever since we, um, you know, put out a, an IPB, so to speak, on HARO, and we got flooded with inquiries from authors, I think we got 400 inquiries one week, we are actually able to now do genre shows, whereby the first few shows that we did, we just kind of stuck everybody together, but now we're actually grouping them together into genres, genres, and it makes it very exciting to be able to listen to five blurbs uh, from the same genre. And this week, of course, is children's, which is a really fun genre. And I have to say, uh, now Sally, of course, has children's book because she has children. Uh, I have children's book because uh, because I'm still a child. <laughs> yeah, well, I never grew up myself, so uh, uh, maybe I would be the the female version of Peter Pan. But no, I'm so excited. I I love reading children's books to my kids. But who know, I wonder if now it's going to be interesting. Because this is the children's category, but does that necessarily mean that there are children specifically children's books or books written about children? I'm not sure. Well, you never really know what you're going to get in any of these categories, especially when uh, you know the book industry doesn't even define it. You know, and it's all about niching. So, one of the um, you know best books of the latest uh, the last year or two has been uh, Marley and Me. It's been sold millions, and that was marketed in the pet category. Uh, even though it's a memoir, um, and it really depends, you know, if 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 your book uh, will do well in the children's category, put it there. Indeed, indeed. Well, I'm really excited to hear hear these blurbs, and I think um, another exciting thing is that uh, we've got the winner from last week's show coming on live at about uh, twenty to twenty to the hour. We're expecting uh, Daria and DJ Vani. And, right, and uh, her book was her book was great, um, and she um, she uh, enthralled us with her blurb last week. So she's uh, of course our blurb book of the week, and uh, I'm excited to see who we might choose this week. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we've had some great ones in the past weeks. So I don't know if the uh, blurbs today can really match it. What do you think? Gosh, it's it's always a toss up. I mean, <laughs> you know, we could hold our breath and 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 we could get a triple X rated blurb for all we know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. That uh, we hope that that wouldn't be in the children's category, but uh, we never know exactly what we're going to get. So. It's awfully fun. It's definitely a, a surprise. We like to keep. We like to not only surprise our our listeners, but we we surprise ourselves because we don't actually preview the blurbs before we. Uh, play them on the air we, we we receive them and we check that they're you know actually that they didn't come out blank but we put them into categories and then we kind of choose them by genre so we're we're, li- we're listening to them at the same time that you are so this is really fun 
It's kind of like um, going to a department store and, and buying yourself a present and then putting it in the closet and pretending that you never bought it. <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah. So, so what do you think we should start with? I think we should go from uh, Harold. I, I love the name Harold. My, my favorite children's book uh, was Harold and the Purple Crayon. Loved it. You know, kids can imagine anything. Do you like that book? Oh, my gosh, you're bringing me back. Oh, I'm not even going to say how many years. That'll save myself. <laughs> Maybe they don't even read that book anymore. The, the one thing that I love the most about the children's category um, recently is uh, there was this huge resurgence of Flat Stanley. And I remember when I was in college, I was asking everybody, hey, do you guys know Flat Stanley? That was the greatest book ever. And everyone said, no. <laughs> but now, all of a sudden, every kid knows Flat Stanley. Do your kids know? Well, you know, it's interesting. I remember last year Laura mentioning something like that. She came home and there was something about that you know, she was worried that she was going to be, you know, flown as a kite if someone ran her over. So I think <laughs> they, did, they did read that book to her last year. And I remember as a child it was absolutely enthralling. And I'm glad, well, I mean, the, glad to the hear guy can back. The guy can fit under a doorway. He can be mailed somewhere. How cool is that? <laughs> Pretty darn amazing. And the I, I remember loving that book. The huge resurgence of it, of course, was due to um, people, uh, kids were sending Flat Stanley, <coughs> excuse me, all around the world uh, to soldiers and to people in different countries, and the school would then track where Flat Stanley had gone, and people would take a picture with Flat Stanley and they'd send him back. Now, so, is that what isn't Web 2.0, Dr. Kent? I don't know what is. <laughs> indeed. Well, almost reality 2.0, right? I mean, it's... It, it's uh, and it, I, I can imagine when I was a kid, if we'd had the ability to do that, that would have been amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, that that is certainly viral marketing, if I've ever heard of it. Yep. Well, oh, wow. So let's listen. Um, that that all came off of Harold's name, of course. Um, but I think we should start with him, Harold Thoyer, and this is in the children's blurb category. Let's listen to his. Blog Talk Radio. The simple yet meaningful father and son activity becomes the focal point of a children's book entitled, Hey Dad, Let's Have a Catch. Through the eyes of an only child, the five-minute daily catches in between two jobs his father held were precious moments in more than a physical activity. A catch becomes a metaphor for communication between father and son, parent and child, as the dynamics of the catch change through the years, sadly end, and are reborn as the son becomes a father himself. A catch is depicted as a process, a rite of passage, and a gift to pass along. Anyone who shared a regular experience with their parents will appreciate the importance of this face-to-face activity in an era where parents and children don't often see eye-to-eye and parents delegate the coaching of their children to other adults. Wow. Well, oh. it was, that was somewhere between a, uh, a blurb and an elevator speech. That was, yeah, that was so quick. That's something that we've actually talked about in the, in the past weeks, that, you know, you, we have the three minutes. We've allotted three minutes. This is not an elevator speech. This show is, is actually uh, Copler because you have a, an enormous amount of time in three minutes in order to talk about your book. Because generally speaking, when you, when you do pitch a host of a, of a radio show or a television show or you're trying to uh, tell somebody who you are and what your book is about, you literally only have 10 or 15 seconds to do it, and that would have been wonderful. But this book is about you know, catching the listener's attention and really creating curiosity and making us want to read your book. There just simply was not enough information there. 
And in just uh, in the cursory web search, uh, I came up with uh, Harold Feurer's uh, book site, which is heydadthebook.com, and he's got tons of great content there. Um, uh, you know, he could have read a little excerpt or talked about the beautiful illustrations that I see, or he has a page here that says what people are saying, and there's some amazing uh, quotes on here. Um, and so I think I think it, it's just a matter of if you've got three minutes, you know, talk about it. Say, oh, you know. Um, Kevin Kernan, sports writer of the New York Post, says this, you know, and uh, take those quotes straight off the website and, and um, put those in the blurb. Absolutely. This is not a place to be shy. You know, we talk about this so much and the importance of self-promotion. And, you know, a lot of, and I, I'm going to quote my friend Deborah Sanders, who's actually the winner of first week's blurb. She says, I would rather swallow slithering snakes than promote my own book. And, you know, I've heard that there's two types of authors out there. The type of author that would love to go out there and just tell everyone about their book and the other kind of author that would just rather, you know, crawl under a rock, the introvert and the extrovert. And I think a lot of authors do fall into the category of introvert, and that's fine. You don't have to be, you know, rah, 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 sis, boom, bah, but you do have to learn not to be shy and to be able to really talk about your book, and you don't have to, you know, do it in a sort of... Um, you know, a haughty way. I couldn't think of a better word. Did I just say that word, haughty? But um, <laughs> you, you, you have to not be shy about it. And one good way to do it is just exactly what Dr. Kent was talking about, you know, quoting somebody else's wonderful quote about you because you're telling people what someone else said about your book. And that's very, very, very important to be able to, um, to utilize that kind of uh, PR for yourself. If you're not going to toot your own horn, then you've got to, you know, let it let other people know what other people are saying about your book. Absolutely. And and let's talk about um children's books a little more. I think it's a it's a very unique genre. Who who do you market to, do you think, uh, with children's books? As a mother, um are you the one buying the books or do your kids bring you there? I think it's a it's it's mainly uh, maybe the moms and the schools and the libraries possibly because I know that when we go to libraries the first thing that um, that you'll see is a list of recommended books and of course when I go into the schools the the, uh, the teachers and librarians will have picked out you know their books and those are the kinds of books that my daughter wants to take out of the library so I think teachers are a great people you know age appropriate teachers are great person people to market to libraries um, of course moms. Um, I think that the kids are secondary. They're gonna they're gonna love it once their parents or teachers introduce it to them, but they're not gonna certainly go up, you know, find it themselves in a bookstore necessarily. Radio. Well, <clears throat> I'm excited to uh, listen to our second blurb. Uh, of course, we're we're doing all children's uh, blurbs today on the show, and that's pretty fun. Um, so uh, let's see if we get a completely different one here from Jill Ammon uh, Vanderwood. Hello, Sally and Dr. Kant. My name is Jill Ammon Vanderwood. I am the author of four children's books, including my latest, What's It Like Living Green? Kids Teaching Kids by the Way They Live, published in March 2009. This is a nonfiction book recommended for kids nine and up, families, and school classrooms. What's It Like Living Green is a book of stories from families who live green and kids who make a difference for the environment. It also includes tips for simple changes you can make, such as using 
reusable plastic water bottles to cut down on waste in landfills. You will meet families like the Davilas from Chicago, Illinois. This family teaches that recycling is a family project which begins with the choice of products you buy at the store. The Ammon family from Athens, Ohio rely heavily on their own garden for food and drive a car fueled by used cooking oil. You will read about kids like Melissa Poe who started Kids for a Clean Environment or Kids Space when she was only nine. You will learn about Devin Green from Stewart, Florida who started Devin's Heal the World Recycling when she was only five years old. Her business grew until she had 100 customers. Devin began giving 10% of her earnings to organizations like the Humane Society and the Hibiscus Children's Center. When her sister was five, she brought her into the business by making her the vice president of recycling. In this book, you will also learn tips such as putting on a sweater or closing the drapes in order to save energy and find out why you can make a big difference by switching from paper or plastic grocery bags to reusable cloth bags. What's it like living green? Kids Teaching Kids by the Way They Live is the winner of the 2009 National Indie Excellence Award in the green category. This book is available through Amazon.com. My name is Jill Ammon Vanderwood. That's V-A-N-D-E-R-W-O-O-D. You can find me on the web at www.jillvanderwood.com. Thank you. Well, that was great. Um, and, you know, uh, as as we're sitting here listening to blurbs, uh, uh, I realize that there's a uh, trending topic on Twitter uh, that's talking about children's literature, which is which is pretty amusing. And uh, it's, if anyone wants to check that out, it's a Twitter stream that's Kid Lit Chat. And people are saying different things, you know, uh, that they write for young people because they love reading uh, fiction, you know, from someone who's uh, not young anymore and, and someone else saying, uh, sure, writing for kids is easy, just as easy as bringing them up. That was from Greg Pincus. It's fun to see, uh, you know, what that adults really do love reading children's books. Oh, my goodness, indeed. I mean, it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, once kids get stuck on a book, they just want to read that same book over and over and over. I mean, I see it in my son, who's three. You know, he got stuck on this one SpongeBob book called Show Me the Bunny. And I cannot get him off of this book. I mean, I think it's going on four months now. Every night he just wants Show Me the Bunny. So if we can get them hooked on a good book, you know, wow, that's that's great because they're going to be reading that same book over and over and over, and it's got to be something that the parents like too because, <laughs> yeah, we can get pretty tired of reading the same one over and over and over ourselves. But um, uh, this is great for me to, to be hearing about some wonderful ones because this, this particular blurb that Jill was talking about, it sounds like a really appropriate book for my older child who's seven, and it's 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 something that, you know, basically is very informative and, and teaching and something good for the world and so inspiring because it's about other kids doing good in the world and starting businesses and, you know, recycling. And it was fascinating. I love the idea. I thought it was a brilliant premise for a book. Absolutely. And <clears throat> it's, um, 
you know, with children's books, it's a huge, huge market, which is interesting uh, because, you know, there's not much in the economy right now that's as huge as something like children's books. I mean, what parent doesn't go out to a library in times like these, in, in bad economic times, and check out a book from the library? Well, the library takes that data, and uh, they share it with each other, and uh, the books get bought up in stores and everywhere, and, and uh, the book economy is doing just fine, especially children's books. Indeed. Well, I, let's talk a little bit about what made that such a good blurb. We, we, we have uh, you know, sort of boiled down our criteria to, to four different little tiny categories, bling, clarity, information, and delivery. And I thought Jill did a good job pretty much in all of those categories. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she especially did a good job um, in the comparison, what we were talking about in the last blurb. We, we didn't know, he didn't tell us who his name was, where we could find him. At the end of the blurb, not only did Jill tell us what her website was and the name of the book, she reiterated the name of the book, where, she, where people could buy the book, but she actually took the time to spell her last name, which I thought was great. Uh, and then she also reiterated her website, and it became very clear to the listener where they could find find out more about her. And so I think that's a very important part of uh, promoting yourself, so that you know you become memorable and creating a brand in the mind of the listener and becoming memorable to someone, because that's really what's going to stand out. There's so many, so many, so many books out there, like you were talking about. How are you going to be different? Why are people going to be reading your book? What makes you the expert? Why should they read Jill's book on you know, green living over the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other books on green living? And I felt that she did a very good job. She created a little niche for herself by going to children who were telling their own stories of their successes with green living. And that makes it fascinating. Um, so one thing I thought it lacked just a little bit was bling I, I, I to me I, I feel like um you know just navigating to her book cover it's it's green it's it's flashy it's beautiful uh it's colorful and i think um one thing to to always think about when you're advertising a book like that is to kind of um embody that uh, so when sally my co-host here when she talks about the daughter-in-law rules she she embodies it she's wearing a pink dress because the cover of the book is pink and so I mean I think it's the one thing I missed just a little bit is is um uh some of the energy of the book. Okay, I agree. And you know what we've also talked about in the past um is that you know you don't necessarily have to be like hey blah 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 and you know you, you sometimes you can match your message and it is nice to have a you know a mellow beautiful mellifluous voice and you don't always have to be bling 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 but i i do agree that she could have had a little bit more energy uh when talking about the book just a little bit more energy in her voice would have helped matters a little bit i agree with you there so let's listen to another one um, i'm excited about uh, today's show uh some of my favorite books in the world are by you know dr seuss and and um i mean gosh i could i could run off all my favorite books here um, and, you know, I'd say in the top ten list of books that I've ever read in my entire life, it'd be at least half full with children's books. How about you? Oh, my goodness, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, the other uh, book that we're stuck on here at the uh, at the uh, Shields household is, is Yertle the Turtle. Oh, yeah. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and, of course, The Big Brag. There's one in the middle that, that they're not so crazy about. It was about the, the, uh, the, the bird that wanted to grow more than one tail. But... Um, 
boy, those those two those two stories are timeless. I, do you remember those from childhood? Yeah, I mean, I, I you're talking about Dr. Seuss's books. Dr. Seuss's books, yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of my favorite books by him are um, uh, the Butter Battle book, which you know it's the the nuclear war kind of between the the Ukes and the Zooks. Oh, it's amazing. And one yeah, one the has butter the butter side up the and the butter side down. And then, I mean, my other, you know, the Lorax, I'm the Lorax, I speak for the trees. You know, the, those are just the most beautiful books. And and that's why, I mean, it, it sort of created a love for children's books that will never go away. And I think that's part of our generation, the X generation and the boomers. They had such wonderful children's books from the Dr. Seusses and things like that that they have a lifelong desire to give that to their children also. Oh, there's nothing more infectious than than Dr. Seuss. My goodness. I mean, I find myself going. Uh, I don't. Is, is it is it iambic pentameter that he that he writes it? But I find myself after I read a Dr. Seuss book, actually talking in Dr. Seuss rhyme just around the house. It's so infectious. Yeah, he ta- he but, talks in Seussian pentameter. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear some more children's blurbs. What about you? Exactly. So let's listen to. Um, who are we going to listen to here? Let's see here. Well, we've got we've got Bettina, Kathy, and Lillian. So let's listen to Lillian Caldwell. Um, uh, we got this blurb quite a while ago, I think maybe even four months ago. So uh, she'll be happy uh, if she's tuning in to hear her blurb, and we will be as well. This is from Lillian Caldwell. Blog Talk Radio. Three tween sneaker-toed sleuths find Jefferson Davis's lost gold treasure with help from a disembodied black fist and divining rods. Owner of Passionate Internet Voices Talk Radio, L.S. Caldwell, book reviewer, playwright, a published nonfiction author, teenagers, a bewildered parent's guide, historical science fiction author, sacred honor, and a young adult multicultural paranormal mystery author whose series targets tweens, 9 to 13-year-olds. The anime mysteries tell tweens, one, they're okay the way they are, it's the rest of the world that's out of whack, two, problem solved and still be liked by your peers, three, stimulants, pregnancy, and sex not needed to become a successful teen, or in the words of the great Wardorf Pepper, move over Nancy Drew, there's a new girl in town, anime bots. Holy cow. Well. She she had me. There's no question. Um, I'm hungry for more, but she she had me. Interesting because I was totally confused by that blurb. Like lost gold treasure, and then that was interesting. I liked the lost gold treasure part, and I was excited to hear more. And then all of a sudden, it sounded like she was talking about her own biography. Like mm-hmm. Lillian Caldwell, book reviewer, playwright, historical science fiction author, paranormal target tweens, blah blah blah. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, okay, are we talking about the? Is this the book or is this her bio? Right. The one the one thing that I liked about it is it was edgy. For me, the okay. first couple blurbs that we heard were were kind of um, what you would expect in a way. I although the you know the green thing is very trendy now. Uh, but see, what I liked about this was that she she made it um, edgy. But I absolutely agree that the content um, was possibly a little off, and and definitely the length. You know, it was well, too short. Yeah, because then 
she had me back. First she had me at Lost Old Treasure. Then she had me at Move Over Nancy Drew. There's a new girl in town because I was a Nancy Drew girl. I actually had all 52 books in her series, and I read every single one. And when she said, Move Over Nancy Drew, there's a new girl, anime boss, I was like, great, tell me more. And, wow, there was nothing left. It stopped. It stopped. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, wow, you've got to tell us more. And we, we don't know anything about her website. We don't really know the name of the book. I mean, what was the name of the book? Probably anime bots or no? I don't think so. She hmm. didn't even tell us the name of the book. I don't think that could yeah. be. So, but what I would what I would say is, um, you know, at the point that she sent this in, I think it was within the first couple of weeks of our show. What she could do now is go back through some of the winning blurbs and and listen. And I think, you know, the next time she sends us a blurb, she might well be the winning blurb because Absolutely. she has an amazing topic. And and uh, not to say that she won't win this week, but. Um, that if she were to add a couple minutes to it and really knock our socks off, um, I like the way she was speaking. Yeah, I, I like the energy. It definitely had bling. It definitely lacked on clarity and information, but she delivered it well. So the bling and delivery were great. The clarity information could have been improved upon. Give us a little bit more. Please resubmit. I would love to hear more about anime bots. I would, I would absolutely. I was, I was hanging on her every word as soon as she started talking about that. And then it was it was silent. So um, I, I I thought that she did, like you said, she had great information, uh, great great energy, and it was edgy. So that that was a plus there. So let's listen to another one. Uh, this is by uh, Kathy Diaz Lucky, uh, and this is also in the children's category, like everything this week, which is pretty exciting. Here we go, Kathy Diaz Lucky. Did you know that ancient history doesn't have to be dull anymore? There's a creative way to engage that child whose eyes just glaze over when the thought of memorizing dates and events of far-off places come to mind. This is Kathy Diaz-Lucky. I'm the author of the award-winning book, Famous Figures of Ancient Times. Kids can make real moving action figures of 20 of the most important people who shaped ancient history. Now parents and teachers can give children a hands-on activity that will help to light a spark of interest in their study of history. A short biography section is included in the beginning of the book that gives some important facts about each person. Children can choose between a figure that is already colored or one that needs to be colored. After the pieces are cut out, each figure is assembled with a hole punch and fasteners, which are not included with the book. The figure magically becomes a movable toy to play with. Children can act out the real lives of these historic people, or they can make up their own stories. Kids just love playing with these figures. They're also a great way to involve all learning styles in the study of ancient Egypt, Babylon, Greece, China, Rome, and Israel. People like Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, Qin Shi Huangdi, Moses, King David, and many others will come alive, including Hannibal and one of his elephants. This book is recommended for children ages 6 to 12 and is the first in a series of moving action figure books. Children of all ages will have fun with famous figures of ancient times, and history will never be boring again. Right on. See now, I that that inspired the the little boy in me for sure. I was the kind of kid that loved the 
those kits and stuff. And when she said, here's a book plus, you know, assembling figures and a whole bunch of weird people that I've never heard of, I mean, that's awesome. I would have loved that as a kid. That was totally cool. I mean, Laura has gotten those types of books, sort of, um, you know, the, the Nutcracker and Punch-Out characters, and it absolutely is captivating. Um, <laughs> I wonder, though, um, <laughs> sometimes it drives moms crazy, like when you get all these little pieces floating around <laughs> everywhere. I mean, I always say it's really hard to be a mom and mildly obsessive-compulsive because losing pieces to stuff like that just drives me insane. You know, maybe if she has like a... Like if it comes with some kind of like a little pull-out box that everything could be, once you punch out the characters, there's like a place or, or some kind of like special Ziploc that they can be kept in. Because I can just imagine right now them punching out all the different pieces and coloring them and then, you know, a Moses and Caesar <laughs> ending up like, you know, in the bathtub and the toilet. And <laughs> I don't know where they could end up. But it really is a cool cool concept. And when you talk about that, everyone else in the room laughs. <laughs> which is very frustrating to mothers, I'm sure, but uh, I have to say I'm among the the ones who say, oh, yeah, that wasn't that fun as a kid to throw stuff everywhere and, and write on the walls and, you know, make your parents uh, uh, very frustrated. <laughs> well, it's just a matter of those those little moving pieces that you're going to, like, lose all over the place. Exactly. Well, and, you know, one of the things about this that it that this her blurb inspired in both of us is that we can actually picture it in, you're picturing it in your child's hands, I'm picturing it in my hands as a kid, and she she, she made it very um, tangible to us. And, and the way she delivered it is kind of what I was saying earlier on. She made it very warm. There was something about the way she was speaking that made me feel like, I was at the public library, and the librarian was doing a book reading or something. Yeah, that I liked that too. I did. I felt that she was a real teacher. She had. She really cares about you know. And you know what? The, the other good thing that was um, that that was that I liked about the blurb and in, in terms of her marketing, because I'm always looking at the marketing aspect of things. She said that it was the first in a series of moving action figure books, and that's very compelling. That she's going to be able to create more of these types of things and you know it can really become something uh that can grow and that's something that uh that we should all look at as authors how we can serialize our books how we can actually become a brand because you know writing's fun but it's it's really hard to, to sell books these days and when you find some kind of a niche like that it can really grow into something and perhaps actually um become profitable some someday and that's something that we all kind of dream of with our writing can we make money with our writing can we make money with our books and this was a super super novel idea it's a gift book great gift book great gift idea you can serialize it it's colorful you know i can see that she you know she might include uh i don't know if she actually includes the coloring crayons that go with it but she mentioned something about you can either pick a figure that's already colored or you can pick a figure that needs to be colored uh so not sure about that but it's it's absolutely in an interesting uh idea that can be uh you know you can grow with it absolutely I, you know i think the key to it and she she could have even gone longer in my opinion i i think she could have um done a little more in depth on a couple of the figures you know especially the ones i hadn't really heard of. I, I hadn't heard of Emperor uh, Qin Shi Huangdi. Uh, 
or Hannibal or you know I think that would have been kind of neat to hear a couple of um, case studies or a couple of the little characters. Yeah, you know, it's really cool, too, because, uh, you know, she she said that there's going to be 20 action figures in this particular book. But, again, it's the kind of thing, I mean, this could go on and on. How many historical figures are there? There are thousands upon thousands. I mean, she could seriously grow this thing. And it's great because, you know, history is sometimes boring to children. Their eyes do glaze over. And I find that, you know, uh, that, that picture books really help matters. Like, of course, you know, my dad bought a biblical uh, storybook for my kids because he thought it would be interesting for them to read, and it is fun for them. They look at the pictures, it's colorful, they actually are engaged in the stories, and this uh, seems to be a way that she can introduce some of the historical figures that might otherwise be boring, and all of a sudden (laughs) they're going to be engaged in, wow, Caesar, and check this out. Because they're totally not boring once once you're able to, you know, explain it to them in a way that they understand. They're like, you know, wow. Do that yeah, elephant. Helpful, helpful for parents, too. I mean, I didn't know half of those Bible stories myself until I got this book, and I was like, oh, that's a cool story. <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> so cool. I, like the, I like the idea. And, and so that is, and it's a huge aspect of these children's books. I mean, you know, each one of these children's books, the more you can engage the parents, the better. I mean, are you marketing to the child? Well, not really. I mean, you're most likely marketing to the parents. So, you know, there's kind of a couple ways to go about it. One is um, to approach it kind of like our last author did, and she she spoke as if she was almost speaking to a child, and we like that because it sounds like you're at the public library. Whereas and the other way is to market straight to the parents. You know, one of my favorite books is called, what is it, Farting Dog or something like that. It's an awesome book, and it's just hysterical <laughs> for parents, you know. And um, there's I think kind I of those that two. in her class this year, actually, first Oh, it's so class. cool. And it's because why why do you know why do parents buy it because they like it, right? Exactly. exactly. As a matter of fact, one year I think that we got Charlie Parker plays Bebop like from six different people. Wow. Because well, first of all, they know we're musicians, we're jazz musicians, my husband and I, and so they probably thought, oh, this will be great for their kids. <laughs> and we did. We got we got six copies, but it was very interesting from a marketing standpoint. It's like, how did this book get so well known? How do all the parents know about this book? Right. Uh, so it's interesting to see um, to see that happening. And we did have a we had a winning uh, children's author earlier in this show, of course, um, and she sold what 180 thousand copies of her book. That was unbelievable. Now, that was more of a, of a, almost like a baby book, not even a children's book. Right, very, oh, very young kids. Yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you more. Yeah, Laura Duxta. Yep. Cool. Well, let's listen to our last uh, blurb of the day, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna chat with last week's winner, which is gonna be very exciting, Daria Di Giovanni, and she won the fiction blurb of the week last week. Uh, but let's listen to our last blurb for this week uh, by Bettina Restrepo. Here we go. Love Talk Radio. My name is Bettina Restrepo, and I'm a children's book author. In my book, Moose and Magpie, young Moose is lucky to find a friend in wise cracking magpie. Laugh along with Moose and Magpie, and maybe, just maybe, Moose will tell a joke of his own. Let's hear it in their own words. Why does my head itch so much? bellowed Moose. Your antlers are coming in, cackled Magpie, as she almost fell off the branch. Why did the leaf cross the road? joked Magpie. 
Mustard. He never had a good comeback. I don't know. To swim in the river, she sang. The moose swam in the river. The moose swam in the river. Kids won't know they're learning the life cycle of the moose, symbiosis, or even migration. All they see is a sweet story with the rich illustration that they want to read over and over again. As time goes on, they'll be drawn into the sidebars with zany facts about moose and magpies. It wouldn't be a Sylvandel book with their classic four pages in the back with creative mind sections. It's an extra that comes with every book that goes an extra step to challenge young minds. It's science and math through literature. Moose and Magpie, written by Bettina Restrepo, illustrated by Sherry Rogers, a fun and readable adventure. The moose went over the mountain, the moose went over the mountain. All right. Now, that was cool. That was totally cool. <laughs> I, you know, I I hate to declare winners on the air, but that was a pretty dynamite blurb for me. I loved it. I mean, she really she really did it up. She 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 impersonated her own characters. She sung. It and one of the one of the fun things about it, um, again, I'm the guy that's always you know glued to the internet. And uh, when I first uh, uh, started looking around at who's this person uh, delivering this blurb here live on the air to us, and and I go check around, and, and I, I get to her uh, 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 about the author page, and here's a picture of her <laughs> putting a moose skull on, on her own head. I mean, she's she's in front of children. She's talking to them all the time. Uh, they call her the moose lady. She she clearly knows how to speak to children and about them. That's, that's one great thing that, that we get out of her blurb. I, I got a little worried when she started to quote the moose, why does my head itch so much? I was afraid because there, there's been a case of head lice going around my daughter's school. Oh, no. Fortunately, fortunately the answer was because your antlers are coming in. <laughs> well, luckily, luckily, head lice is a little bit better than, um, than the swine flu. So. Oh, yes, which she also, my daughter also caught. But, um, <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, it was funny because, not to get too off track, but you go to the pediatrician, you're like, oh, my God, she's got the flu. Is it? Is it that? And they go, yeah, but so what? Yeah, but you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it, it, the flu is the flu, so you know everyone's yeah. panicked over nothing. But so, uh, but anyway, yeah, but but shaving your daughter's head when she gets sliced—that wouldn't be very fun. <laughs> well, fortunately, we didn't catch it, but we have some friends that literally had to sit for hours with combs and getting the nits out and all of that. It's, stuff, it's so. easier with boys. I remember getting head lice once as a kid, and there went my hair. <laughs> oh, easy, easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, but but I think you know she she really excited me. Um, it was fun. Uh, a parent immediately says, "Oh, well, that sounds like an interesting book. Let's let's go look that up." Moose and Magpie. She said it several times. Clearly, she she said uh, well, she could have said more about where to find her, but she did say a lot about the book itself. Indeed, and I also like the fact again it's educational, science and math through literature. Uh, you know, they're not going to see, you know, blah, 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 the, the life cycle. They're going to just see the life cycle. They're not going to see the life cycle. I don't know what she's something about. They're not going to see this or that. They're just going to see a sweet story with a rich illustration. 
So, um, you know, apparently it's going to be, you know, migration and all sorts of different educational aspects of the animals in there, but it's masked because they they have such a sweet story and beautiful illustrations in there. Fun and readable adventure. Uh, That's a great soundbite for the book. And, of course, um, very memorable little catchy uh, tune at the end. The moose went over the mountain. (laughs) And she faded out. Yeah, it was a human fade. I love it. That's pretty cool. And and to do that using our um you know, the Blog Talk Radio recording platform is pretty impressive. So Oh, indeed, indeed. And did you notice this is kinda of funny? Did you notice that we used to get Blog Talk Radio and then we would get the blurb, but now we're getting cinch. Cinch. Yeah, we should yeah. say just for you know, cinch is a if anybody hears cinch or blog talk radio, that's because there's this great you can check out our website at blurbradio.com. There's a pretty easy way to record these blurbs. You just go to uh, a certain website and call a certain number, and that's it. Exactly. I, as a matter of fact, I've been thinking about creating my own blurb for next week. Ooh. Yeah. I, yeah, I might be pretty critical. Should, you never know. Yeah, well, I don't think you and I should be absolved from this blurb, Dr. Kent. I think we should throw our hats into the ring and give it a try because, you know, it's not as easy as it looks. We can sit here and criticize these blurbs and go, hey, blah, blah, blah. But when it really comes down to it, to craft a really, really good blurb that have all the elements of bling, clarity, information, and delivery really is not such an easy task. So, you know, it's easy for us to sit back here and criticize everything. So I'm thinking that it might be a fun idea for us to each create a blurb ourselves. Yeah. Now, how about you start? <laughs> you jump off the cliff first. I'm, yeah, Sally's great at all the marketing stuff. I'm, I'm good at talking about it. And one of these days, maybe I'll, I'll dip my toe in. And, and if you, if you prove that it's okay for me, then I'll do it. I like criticizing other people better than putting myself on the line. <laughs> hey, well, listen, I'm so excited. I cannot believe it's 42 past the hour, and we've already reached that point in the show where we can actually interview live. Our winner from last week, who has been so kind to join us in the chat room tonight, and I've been dying to talk to to her. Uh, shall we Shall we bring Daria on? I think that's a great idea. And, and we have to um, ask her if it's Daria or Daria, because I, I don't know how she likes to pronounce it, but we'll find. I'm not out. exactly sure which person she is. Uh, we oh, might have know, to I'll experiment a bit. Daria, Daria, are you eight six two or five six one? If you can quickly just, uh, oh, five, six, one. There we go. <laughs> ah, she's in the chat room. Look at that. Okay, here we go, and we're going to talk to Daria Lives, and you're on the air with us. Hey, good evening, Dr. Kent and Sally. It's great to be here. And how do you pronounce your name? You've got to tell us. Um, I prefer Daria, and that's how I pronounce it. it. It can be pronounced Daria as well, but I pronounce it Daria. So, like, how dare you kind of thing? <laughs> Very nice. Well, congratulations uh, on being our uh, uh, blurb book of the week. Thank you so much. Uh, I really, I really appreciate it. I have to just say one thing really quick. When you were speaking about creating your own blurbs, this was such a good exercise for me just to get very clear and help me. It's really helping me to present when I go out and talk to people and, and, and groups, you know, in person. Um, creating that blog was such a that blurb was such a great experience because it really helped me to sort of hone my message. So I just want to thank you guys because this is such a great concept. Well, so. that's what that's what we actually we love to, to talk about that that you know 
it does help to hone sort of the PR side of things and to get mm-hmm. all of that information in there in a clear way so that when you do end up meeting Steven Spielberg or Oprah in that elevator, you know, you'll have all this material, you yeah. know, in your mind about what you're going to exactly who you are, what your vision is, what your book is about, uh, what kind of problems you can solve, who you are, why you're the expert, and where people can find your book. It's important to have all of that information ready to go because you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who you're going to talk to. So it, it's a, it is a good exercise. I'm so glad that you found it helpful. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I really did, and it was a lot. Of, it was actually fun too. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing it and the recording of it. So. Cool. And, and what's your process of writing it and recording it? Sally's going to try one this week, so she needs your tips. <laughs> yeah, tell me everything. Well, you know, one thing I did, and, and I've actually done this previously for for presentations I've done, is because there's so much going on in my book. There's so many themes. It's not just a you know quote unquote romance novel. But and that's good and bad. I mean, in terms of presenting, I, I kind of pulled out, I, I sort of pulled out some some different themes that I thought were relevant and certainly relevant to to this blurb, and 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 um, and, and it really helped me to. I just pulled out ten things that I thought were important, and then I sort of narrowed it down from there to be able to get it into, you know, a three minute blurb, and just const- kept asking myself the question, okay, you know, if I didn't know anything about this book, kind of Sally, just kind of like what you said. You know, what would I want to want to know, and what would make somebody, you know, want to read it? So um, I kind of focused on, um, you know, as you know in my blurb, sort of talking about how fiction can be sort of like a mini vacation, kind of like a mental vacation, and um, gave a, a little bit about the synopsis, about the two characters, and sort of dropped a few hints as to, as to where the story was going to go without actually um, giving away too much. I think it was just enough to, to pique interest. So You know what I'm thinking? You know, for the listeners out there that basically have no idea what we're talking about, last week we did a fiction show, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, Daria is the winner of last week's fiction show. And what do you think, Dr. Kent and, and Daria, about playing her blurb from last week? What do you think about that idea? Sure, let's sure. listen to it. Sounds good to me. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. My name is Daria. Thanks for stopping by. Before I tell you about my debut novel, Water Signs, a story of love and renewal, let me just take a second to paint a picture. Let's face it, the world we live in today is just plain scary. In addition to important national issues like the economy and terrorism, the trials and tribulations of everyday life can just tear us down. As an author, I believe good fiction should not only instruct, it should also provide a sort of mini-vacation, a welcome escape from reality. That was one of my goals when writing my book, an uplifting story of first love, second chances, faith, and family that allows readers to take a break from life's tragedies and difficulties and just feel good about being alive again. A loosely autobiographical tale, Water Signs chronicles the 16-year personal and spiritual growth journey of Madeline Rose, a sweet, sheltered 25-year-old woman who grew up in a loving home in suburban Philadelphia. She spends her summers with her family at the Jersey Shore, where in 1992, she unexpectedly meets Ken Lockhart in a Summers Point nightclub. A U.S. Navy veteran, ambitious, affable Ken is seeking a new direction in his life, one that differs greatly from the blueprint laid out for him by his father, who takes serious offense at his son's lofty goals putting a tremendous amount of strain on their relationship. 
but Ken is determined to rise above his humble shore-town roots and forge a new path for himself in spite of the opposition. He also plans to marry his one true love just as soon as he can find her. And when Ken meets Maddie, he believes he's discovered his destiny. That is, until the formidable hurdles of life conspire to break them up. But is that the end for this star-crossed couple? Or is there a divine plan at work for them? As readers join Ken and Madeline on their 16-year odyssey, they discover that each of these characters is not simply a love interest for the other, but a real catalyst for positive change. By the time they reconnect and fall in love all over again, each one has already experienced a renewal through their own unique triumphs over difficulties, including personal insecurities, panic and anxiety disorder, and unhealthy relationships. In the end, they realize that God's timing is always perfect. Others who've read Water Signs agree that it is well worth the time to peruse its 435 pages. Marie D. from Pennsylvania says, In this magical story, Daria touches the hearts of everyone who believes in second chances and the unbreakable bonds of love, faith, and family. Annie Kay, another reader from Pennsylvania, raves, Water Signs is a beautiful and inspiring tale of love and personal growth. Giovanni weaves a tapestry of unforgettable characters and events that draws the reader into a captivating world where faith and forgiveness triumph over tragedy and real love always prevails. And a review by TemeritiMagazine.com states in part, Giovanni tells a compelling story that puts raw emotion, honesty, intimacy, and love on a plate to share with the world at the risk of their enjoyment or scorn. Simply, she should be applauded for her tale. Put Di Giovanni in a proverbial basketball court with the likes of established writers Maeve Benchy, Kristen Hanna, and Jody Picoult, and she could hold her own. If you would like to discover water signs for yourself, I invite you to visit my website at watersignsnovel.com. I think after previewing the five chapters available there, you'll definitely want to read more. I'm Daria Di Giovanni. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you soon. Well, how is it listening to yourself there, Daria? <laughs> it's still something I'm trying to get used to, but um, I look at it as a, uh, you know, everything's a learning experience, and, and so I, I, um, it, it's good. It's good feedback, and it helps me to, you know, to just get better. Um, one of the great things about the blurb, of course, is uh, that you used the full three minutes. It's something that, you know, when we say <laughs> three minutes, you don't you don't really have to use the whole time, but if you do and you do it in a good way, it's it's it, it's really worth it. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, when, when, and there were so many things going on with my book. I, my concern was that I was going to go too far over, so it was good discipline, and it really, yeah, it really, um, again, I really can't, can't stress enough that, that that exercise was just really good for me, um, just just good discipline and, and good, um, you know, just good strengthening of the message. So I'm, I'm so glad you both enjoyed it. Now, what was the trim size of your book? Because I'm thinking like 435 pages. <laughs> That's a it, lot of pages. Yeah, it's actually six by nine. Okay. Um, and I have to tell you, I know that sounds scary, 435 pages, but most readers, most of the feedback I've gotten from people is that they can't put it down. Like they start reading it and they just they they just want to keep reading till the end. Um, so that always that's what every writer wants to hear, you know. So um, it, even though it's kind, it's 
sounds long and it is long, it, it you know, the feedback I've gotten is that the story goes by so fast, you don't even realize, you know, how many pages are involved. So well, that's awesome because you know sometimes when you really get into a good book, you never want it to end, and so that is that is good feedback. Yeah. Well, I'd love to. I'd love to hear. I, apparently, we're getting a little bit of feedback. I'd like to talk to somebody and see if uh, this person has a question for Daria. Um, okay. And if not, uh, we'll quickly hang up on them. So let's, let's try <laughs> this, um, and we'll see if they have a question for Daria. Let, let's let's uh, let's um, warn them. Eight six two. We're coming to get you. Nine seven two. In fact. Uh, oh, so, you want to go nine seven two? Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Who uh, who do we have on the line with us? Well, it's Bettina. Hi, Hi Bettina. Bettina. How are you? Fine. Uh, although Daria's book sounds wonderful, congratulations. I'll have Thank to look you. for watermarks. Thank you, Bettina. Do you have any questions for her about her blog, uh, her blurb this week? Wait, was it uh, water signs? Water signs? Water signs. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was I was so intent on listening to her blurb. It was so beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. That it just it just carried me away. Um, no, I thought it was well done. Um, it was it was really intriguing, and it was uh, how many how many takes did she do to actually get it done? That that was my question. Uh, the blurb. Um, yeah. Well, probably I think about three or four. Mm. Yeah, at least three or four. Um, and it took me. I got to tell you, it took me a couple hours to write the blurb. Um, because, like I said, I was writing down, I was pulling out all kinds of themes from the book and saying, okay, like, how can I just sort of make this, you know, offer enough information that it's interesting but not get too much into the into the detail of the book that it's, you know, that I'm rambling on. So um, so I would say actually writing the blurb took me longer than, than recording it. Well, very cool. I, I, I think it's, it's great to chat with you, Bettina, and uh, if you are the winning blurb, uh, we'll chat with you uh, at length next week, uh, which is something to hopefully look forward to. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, it sounds great, and it was just uh, lots of fun to participate, so thank you for including my uh, blurb, and it was wonderful to participate. You've got a Absolutely. fantastic Thank you, Bettina. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for calling in. Well, and so, you know, the process of recording one of these blurbs, uh, uh, Daria, uh, it takes quite a while, and, and you're dedicated to it probably even more than we are. Uh, you, you worked <laughs> on it. Yeah, and, and, you know, I tell you, I, technology is amazing, too. I mean, I was fascinated by the fact that I could just call on my phone and, 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 and record it. And, um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, also one thing that did help me was that for the past several months I have been making presentations um, really since January um, to different organizations. And I have to tell you, I can see how I've improved with time. Um, you know, I was one of those people that up until maybe about 10 or so years ago, I public speaking was just like my biggest fear. I never wanted to get up and, and talk in front of an audience. And um, certainly with this book, because it really truly is, so much of it is based on, on real life and real events and real people, um, even though it's fiction, you know, fictionalized, um, th that was a little scary at first. So, but I've been out, like I said, you know, talking to different local groups here in South Florida. And so I think, you know, it's kind of already in that mode. And, and with each one, I think I was getting a little bit better and, and like, as I said before, honing the message and, and really seeing where I can improve. And, and so I always welcome exercises like this because it just helps you to get better. So. And tell us uh, where we can find out more about you uh, uh, online and, and what you're working on next and all of that. Sure. My website is watersignsnovel.com. So it's watersignsnovel.com. 
And as I mentioned in the blurb, you can preview uh, five chapters right there on my site. Um, you can purchase the book. It takes you, if you click on Buy the Book, it'll take you um, directly to my page on Lulu. But I also want to mention the book is available on Amazon as well in paperback and Kindle formats, um, and also on PDF, um, as a PDF in, in Lulu. So I've tried to make it available in um, you know, all, all three ways so that um, it's affordable. When you did, did when you did Kindle, did you have any problem with formatting? No, I, I was okay. I didn't I didn't run into any problems with that. Oh, good, because yeah. I know that there's a bunch of programs now that can help with that. But um, you know, I know that a lot of people had formatting issues when they tried to convert their book to Kindle, and it didn't look yeah. anything like the way their book looked. So do you, uh, do you both think that Kindle's going to be around for a while? Well, I always think that, you know, I think it's really tough to curl up with a laptop or curl up with an iPhone. <laughs> it's really hard, you know. It's a cool idea, but I think that, you know, it's not so hard to throw a paperback book into your purse or throw, throw a book into your knapsack. You know, what's I, funny yeah. about me is I actually curl up with my phone and I don't curl up with books. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I actually re read a recent um, article about uh, newspapers are taking a really huge hit because people now have iPhones. And I read all of my newspapers and all of my uh, content, even books, actually, I read now on my iPhone. So it's a little smaller than the Kindle even, but, uh, you know, it's my do-all device. Well, it, it's, it's fun to talk with uh, Daria, of course, and I know you have a website, watersignsnovel.com. What, where else can we find um, uh, information about what you're doing next and stuff like that? Um, well, I also have my um, freelance um, writing and, and editing site, which is dariaann.wordpress.com. And I, you know, I post a lot of Twitter updates on there. I am planning, we were, we were talking, you were discussing um, serial novels before, and I do plan to write uh, a series of books based on these characters and certainly um, the Rose family, which is based on my own family. I'm even thinking of going back in time and just taking kind of periods of time in, in my family and incorporating different events and stories into these characters and possibly even having Ken and Maddie play together on the beach as little kids and, of course, not remember each other many years later when they actually do meet at the shore. So um, I'm kind of tossing around some of those ideas. But um, dariaann.wordpress.com is another site. And I'm also very active in uh, the social networking sites, so I am on Facebook, and I'm just I'm listed as Daria Di Giovanni, and I have a a book page there for Water Signs, a group page, um, where among other things I have um, different posts. Like one of them is is called Fun Facts About Water Signs, and because it's based on real life, I kind of had fun with those fun facts and explaining how I came up with the names and who the characters are based on and what events are real and what are completely fictional, and and so I think people uh, readers will enjoy that. And I also have that posted on my Amazon page too. Well, thank you. So much for joining us. You know, it's crazy. Kent, do you believe we have 43 seconds remaining? <gasps> we have oh to have the outro music. Indeed, well, thank you indeed. so much. <laughs> thank yeah. you for being on the show, Daria. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Take care. Oh, thanks so much. We'll be in touch soon. Okay. Have a great night. And Sally, I'm psyched that I'll see you again next week at the same time, and uh, we'll have a winner from this week. Absolutely. This was a blast, and thank you all for joining us in the chat room. That was really, really fun, and please join us again next week. Tell all your friends, all your author friends about Blurb, and uh, we'll have a great time next week as well. And check us out on the web at blurbradio.com. We'll talk to you the next time. Cool. Night-night. <laughs>